I drink your milkshake. You are listening to the Billionaire Podcast Network. Lost in the Maze, number 18, Lost in the Maze, is the solo show only on the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ching, ming, 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 did, 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 fill her up. Folks, welcome. I know I've been, uh, I've been slacking on these. The ops have caught me lacking on these. I, uh, I've not been doing, uh, become irregular uh, when I record and upload these, and that's, that's on me. Uh, very unprofessional. I should be more consistent, uh, but, uh, you know, I work for myself. And so, you know, I answer to no man. Uh, and I do these when I feel like it. No, I, I do want to do them regularly. And uh, I just, um, I don't know. Life got in the way. Uh, you know, busy with work. Uh, busy with a bunch of a lot of iron too many irons in the fire too many plates spinning and i just kind of lost lost the plot a little bit but we're you know we're, we're back with a vengeance here uh i don't know by the way <laughs> i created a podcast network uh the billionaire podcast network ching bing 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 did the evil up and uh, it exists because i say it does however um there is a youtube channel uh at uh the billionaire podcast and it's at billionaire podcast network so man do they have a website let's see billionaire billionaires academy okay it's black people billionairesacademy.net let's check this out because I just started, you know, I said that I am the first billionaire podcaster, which is true. That is going to happen. Uh, and it looks like um, there is, uh, and so I, then I created the Billionaire Podcast Network. Ka-ching, bing, 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 did fill her up. A subsidiary of Cornfed Industries. Uh, and then after months and months of, you know, having created the net, the network existing, I finally searched 
to see if that's a name that already exists. Now, there is, uh, there seems to be a Black People podcast channel, uh, youtube.com slash at Billionaire Podcast Network, no station tag. It's that one's theirs. I'm not doing it for them. What is theirs? Welcome to the hashtag Billionaire Podcast, old timey microphone. Join us for enlightening conversations with global business giants as we delve into their entrepreneurial journey. Be inspired and empowered to unleash your inner millionaire or billionaire money bag with dollar sign on it. Subscribe, like, and engage with us. Hashtag success stories, hashtag business minds, hashtag entrepreneurship, hashtag inspiration, hashtag next gen leaders, hashtag YouTube. Has anybody noticed that no one's really using hashtags anymore? I use them here on YouTube um, when I upload stuff because I heard it can like, it's some way to uh, like actually game the algorithm. But I've noticed that like on a lot of the websites that where people were using them, you don't really see them as much, especially on X, formerly Twitter, where the hashtag was originated. Nobody is using hashtags anymore. And it, it feels like, you know, uh, you're kind of behind on the times. You, you, you seem like a real uh, Philistine now if you are using hashtags. Um, but they, I've, I heard they work on YouTube. I don't know. I'm shameless about everything, so I don't care. Um, but there doesn't appear, there doesn't appear to be, as far as this billionaire podcast network goes, the other uh, black one, not mine, not the billionaire podcast network, ka-ching, bing, 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 did you fill her up? The other billionaire podcast network, the black people one, there doesn't seem to be... Um, anything suggesting that it's a, it's a real thing, you know, not like mine that I did definitely create because I said, you know, I say it exists. Um, yeah, so this is just some, yeah, this is just black people who say they have, uh, yeah, they're just calling themselves that not like me, the, the, which mine actually exists. Um, yeah, so yeah, if you Google Billionaire Podcast Network, there's just some stuff called We Study Billionaires. Nobody go blab in your mouth because I might actually, you know, actually, no, you because mine uh, already does exist and I don't need to register it as anything. Not that I would. I don't like, but here's the, here's the difference between me and anyone else. It's if it, you know, as a, as a, uh, a grip, you know, a man who can appreciate grift, someone who is, currently grift maxing who is a uh, totally fraud pilled in a, a console um you know i i can appreciate uh you know the schemes and scams and, and frauds and so <clears throat> as such i would not uh try to control uh the name billionaire podcast network ka-ching bing 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 did you fill her up a subsidiary of corn fed industries uh, cause I am, uh, you, you know, sort of, sort of a, a, pe a people, a populist in that way. So anybody that wants to try and use it, <clears throat> uh, is free to do so. And may, may the best grift win, I say, but I'm looking, I'm looking at their ch channel. Um, and I, you know, I encourage everyone to, I'd love to have these folks on the show. Um, their, their latest video looks like it's. 
Wow, they're not getting very good views considering how many subscribers they have. 3.68 thousand subscribers. Their latest video came out 13 days ago. 412 views. So this must suck shit. Moreland Wilson talks being an uh, MP, leaving 9 to 5 in entrepreneurship. I wonder what that is. Why? I guess there's like tons of people like really into entrepreneurship. But man, there's really a... Uh, I don't want to, I guess it's maybe not a race thing, but there definitely seems to be a very, you know, hustle, the rise and grind set, uh, if you know what I'm talking about. This, these, anyway, you know what? Let's not tug on that thread. Uh, you know, who, who am I to uh, condemn someone for attempting to secure the bag? Uh, but yeah, this is, this is just uh, some people who, say that they have a billionaire podcast network that honestly their channel has how long has this channel been around let's see oh it's it honestly okay kudos to them it's not much older than my channel and they already have 3.68 thousand subscribers yeah there's started um april of 2023 okay well you know what uh you know keep keep grinding brothers and sisters over there at the billionaire podcast youtube.com slash at billionaire podcast network not to be confused with the billionaire podcast network a subsidiary of corn fed industries two you know two different entities but i you know they have my full-throated support but <clears throat> speaking of grift maxing, speaking of fraud, uh, take, you know, taking the fraud pill uh, and becoming a con cell, we got to talk about this, folks. Uh, this has been on my mind for a while, and I, I really wanted to dive into this story. And I've been trying to figure out the best way to do so. And I, you know, you know, grift maxing content. Uh, I figure I might as well fire up the recorder and really get into it. And I, I, you know, I'm doing my research, and now you folks are part of the the research process uh, now because <clears throat> this is this is an ongoing development, and this is a story that I am interested in. I find fascinating, and I just need to dust the cobwebs off my brain. To actually take the time to pay attention and focus and, and like really sink my teeth into this one uh because you know <clears throat> a lot of people are interested uh within the last few years there's been this um upswell of interest in, in uh true crime um you, you know a lot of people uh, a lot of citizens a lot of the population uh, are enamored by true crime, but usually just murders, you know, just violent, grisly, uh, awful, heinous murders. And I, I, I don't, I'm not particularly interested in murders or murderers. It doesn't really interest me that the motivations of a murderer don't make, they don't make sense. It's, it's a senseless violent disgusting thing to do and, and so like to try and like pick the brains of a murder to try and like really figure out what's going on in there it's just somebody it's just a broken brain it's just a brain that doesn't work it's somebody who you know 
otherwise would have like the moral compass and the wiring that causes someone to actually function that would tell them hey maybe don't murder people they just don't they don't have that so so, something's like messed up in there and they end up like deciding to do murders because it makes them feel good but the the whole idea of like oh let's get inside let's get inside the mind of a murderer is not there's not there's nothing in i don't think there's like really anything in there other than just like some some asshole who finds joy in pain and suffering and killing people um and so like all all these attempts and all these stories to like really try and figure out to to romanticize murder i i find uh at the at the very least just not not particularly thrilling at the worst exploitive and uh you know kind of a spectacle making a spectacle out of other people's pain and loss and suffering so i'm not as far as true crime goes murder is not my purview i am you know i'm fraud pilled i'm interested in schemes and scams and so this is one that is capturing my imagination has won my heart over and nobody's talking about this. Nobody is discussing this particular uh, scheme, this scam. Um, I guess because there's there's so many other things to focus on, like uh, the McDonald's breakfast snack wrap is coming back, but we got to boycott McDonald's because of Gaza or wh- whatever is going on. Um, but th- this is a story I've been starting to dive into, folks. We're we're talking about Fat Leonard, and I I think the best way to open this is to just dive into this. Uh, this is like the the I think the first article that really broke this story. I found an article on like the Department of Justice website from like 2015 that gives you like the bare bones of what's going on, um, and then I found this article published uh, in the Washington Post. Uh, May 27th, 2016, by a story by Craig Craig Whitlock, Washington Post, May 27th, 2016. Uh, the man who seduced the Seventh Fleet. He tempted his targets with the high life, whiskey, cigars, prostitutes, and cash. His moles fed him bundles of military secrets and law enforcement files. Also, he could rip off the Navy on an industrial scale for years and years. Now the depth of the corruption is being exposed as the investigation reaches into the highest ranks of the Navy. Guys, buckle up for this one. This this story rocks. This is my zone right here, is this Fat Leonard story. Uh, first off, great name, great moniker for a guy. Sounds like, you know, obviously sounds like a good fellas character, like a mobster. Uh, but I think it turns out, you know, he's, he's just like a defense contractor. So he's, you know, a, a different kind of gangster for sure. And I mean, if you look at the pictures of him that are included in this article, I mean, he definitely just does look like a, a mafioso. He's he's just like this big fat dude in like a tuxedo with a red bow tie. He's He looks awesome. Just gelled, slick back hair. Yeah, this is Fat Leonard Rocks. And this this is such a, I mean, labyrinth, serpentine story. 
just like fraught with like military and corporate espionage. This this is crazy, and I don't see no one is talking about this. This story rocks. Listen to this. For months, a small team of U.S. Navy investigators and federal prosecutors secretly devised options for a high-stakes international manhunt. Could the target be snatched from his home base in Asia and rendered to the United States or held captive aboard an American warship? Making the challenge even tougher was the fact that the man was a master of espionage, his moles had burrowed deep into the Navy hierarchy to leak him a stream of military secrets thwarting previous efforts to bring him to justice. So, right, I mean, right off the bat, listen to that. This is a guy who is not in the military. I, I, I don't think. Fat Leonard. But then there's Navy investigators and federal prosecutors trying to get this guy, right, already. And they're trying to figure out, can we get him from his home base or can we like hold him captive on this warship? And he's just, he's just a guy. He's not actually in the military. Whatever he's done it, it is instilled some sense of loyalty in a number of people who actually are in the Navy and high up within the like rankings to the point where he has moles he has people devoted to him to the point where they are willing to commit <clears throat> uh, treason, it sounds like, uh, so that the Navy investigators and federal prosecutors uh, cannot, like, grab him and, and do what they, you know, bring him to justice. So whatever he, like, whoever this guy is, uh, he rocks. He's awesome, it, it sounds like. <laughs> The target was not a terrorist, nor a spy for a foreign power, nor the kingpin of a drug cartel, but rather a 350-pound defense contractor nicknamed Fat Leonard, who had befriended a generation of Navy leaders with cigars and liquor whenever they made port calls in Asia. Leonard Glenn Francis was legendary on the high seas for his charm and his appetite for excess. For years, the Singapore-based businessman had showered Navy officers with gifts, Epicurean dinners, prostitutes, and, if necessary, cash bribes. Oh, you can tell this was written in 2016 because they used the word prostitutes instead of sex workers. And, if necessary, cash bribes so they would look the other way while he swindled the Navy to refuel and resupply its ships. In the end, federal agents settled on a risky sting operation to try to nab Fat Leonard. They would lure him to California dangling a meeting with Admiral... It'd be funny if he said dangling a, dangling a meat. <laughs> we have a, a juicy steak for you, Fat Leonard. No, let's continue. Dangling a meeting with admirals who hinted they had lucrative contracts to offer. He took the bait. On September 16, 2013, Francis was arrested in his hotel suite overlooking San Diego's harbor. It was the opening strike in a sweep covering three states and seven countries as hundreds of law enforcement agents arrested other suspects and seized incriminating files from Francis's business empire. A 51-year-old Malaysian citizen, which I don't know how that works, 
this is a very uh, like white looking dude maybe italian or irish like i i don't know he well you know what i'm looking at him he does have a sort of miles ching chong look but that might just be because he's grotesque in visage um anyway um let's see three states 51 a 51 year old malaysian citizen francis has since pleaded guilty to fraud and bribery charges his firm, Glenn Defense Marine Asia, is financially ruined, but his arrest exposed something else that is still emerging three years later, a staggering degree of corruption within the Navy itself. Much more than a contracting scandal, the investigation has revealed how Francis seduced the Navy's storied, the Navy's storied Seventh Fleet long a proving ground for admirals given its strategic role in patrolling the Pacific and Indian Oceans. In perhaps the worst national security breach of its kind to hit the Navy since the end of the Cold War, <laughs> Francis doled out sex and money to a shocking number of people in uniform who fed him classified material about U.S. warship and submarine movements. Some also leak, dude. This is this is like, and it, this is an entire like new season of Arrested Development, and <laughs> like what a scheme this already is. Just like how cartoonish this is already. It's this really is like I can't just already reading this. I can't believe this happens in real life. This is such a just like excessive like exaggerated <laughs> this is crazy some also leaked him confidential contracting information and even files about active law enforcement in investigations into his company he exploited the intelligence for illicit profit brazenly ordering his moles to redirect aircraft carriers to ports he controlled in Southeast Asia, so you can more easily bilk the Navy for fuel, tugboats, barges, food, water, and sewage removal. Over at least a decade, according to documents filed by prosecutors, Glenn Defense ripped off the Navy with little fear of getting caught because Francis had so thoroughly infiltrated the ranks. The company forged invoices, falsified quotes, and ran kickback schemes. It created ghost subcontractors and fake port authorities to fool the Navy into paying for services it never received. Francis and his firm have admitted to defrauding the Navy of $35 million, though investigators believe the real amount could be much greater. Quote, I ask, when has something like this, bribery of this magnitude, ever happened in this district or in our country's history? End quote. Robert Huey, an assistant U.S. attorney in San Diego, said during a court hearing last year, Mr. Francis's conduct has passed from being merely exceptional to being the stuff of history and legend. I'll say this deserves way more attention. This, I, this, 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 folks, this is truly like, like a catch me if you can type of scheme and scam. I mean, put, you know, let's get Leo in a Brendan Fraser, uh, fat, like style fat suit and, and do one more 
uh uh fraud you know grift fraud movie about fat leonard um today the navy remains in the grip of overlapping civilian and military investigations they're slowly unraveling long schemes skines of misconduct so far four navy officers an enlisted sailor and a senior agent with the naval criminal investigative service ncis have pleaded the you know that's the one of the biggest shows on network television right now much greater ratings than anything we watching on the streaming platforms that we think is good tv that everyone you know all the tv that receives all the awards and accolades ain't nobody watching that ncis the most watched show on television i don't know if it's about the naval criminal investigative service but i I digress ncis have pleaded guilty to federal crimes and are already behind bars or are facing prison time so at francis and two other glenn defense executives on friday three more current and former navy officers were charged in federal court with corruption related offenses Charges are also pending against two former Navy contracting officials who were arrested last year. Many others remain under investigation. Exactly how many is a mystery. When he pleaded guilty, Francis admitted to bribing scores of Navy officials with cash, sex, and gifts worth millions of dollars. Also, he could win more defense contracts and overcharge with impunity. A federal prosecutor hinted at the extent of the case last year when he said in court that more than 200 subjects were under investigation. A striking portion of the Navy's senior brass could be tarnished. In December, Admiral John Richardson, the chief of naval operations, summoned about 200 admirals to a special gathering in Washington. Without naming names, he revealed that about 30 of them were under criminal investigation by the Justice Department or ethical scrutiny by the Navy for their connections to Francis, according to two senior Navy officials with direct knowledge of the meeting. The damage to the Navy could match the toll from the tailhook scandal of the early 1990s when 14 admirals were reprimanded or forced to resign over an epic outbreak of sexual assault at a naval aviators is <laughs> an outbreak like it was a it was a virus the 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 dreaded rape virus took over the naval aviators convention there's a weird way to phrase that an epic outbreak of sexual assault like it was um like a pandemic like a some sort of like 28 days later rape virus Because all but five of the 14 defendants charged in the Fat Leonard case have pleaded guilty and no trials have taken place, only a small fraction of the evidence has been made public so far. This account of how Francis corrupted the Navy is based on interviews with more than two dozen current and former Navy officials, as well as hundreds of pages of court filings, contracting records, and military documents obtained under the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA. Ethan Posner, an attorney for Francis, declined to comment. The Navy declined interview requests and referred questions to the Justice Department. Laura Duffy, the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of California, whose office is leading the investigation, declined to answer questions. The investigation continues apace, uncovering substantial wrongdoing, she said in a brief statement. 
The investigation has mushroomed partly because Glenn Defense was a pillar of U.S. maritime operations for a quarter century. The 7th Fleet depended on the firm more than any other to refuel and resupply its vessels. Over time, Francis became so skilled at cultivating Navy informants that it was a challenge to juggle them all. On a near daily basis, they pelted him with demands for money, prostitutes, hotel rooms, and plane tickets. The Soviets couldn't have penetrated us better than Leonard Francis, said a retired Navy officer who worked closely with Francis and spoke on the condition of anonymity to avoid reprisal. It, it, that right there, that sentence, like the Soviets couldn't have done it. it like, it, it just, just it's not even that anyone is looking for world domination in this scam. Like, the thing we're most afraid of is some, like, foreign superpower infiltrating our military for some nefarious gains to to seize power and take over the world. And it, and it turns out who's who actually is capable of doing that and has done it is just a fat guy who likes pussy. It's just a big fat guy who wants to get who wants to get pussy and pay for all of his boys to also get pussy. It's not some like despotic, powerful malefactor. It, it's just a big fat guy who wants to pay for some pussy that successfully infiltrated our military on, on the same level as, as what was feared during the cold war. He's got people skills that are off the scale. He can hook you so fast that you don't see it coming. At one time he had infiltrated the entire leadership line it, right here. The KGB could not have done what he did. <laughs> And here's, here's some of the bribes Navy personnel may have been convicted of taking. Uh, I'll read a few of these. Meals, alcohol, gifts, and stays at luxury hotels, including one night with his family at the Marriott Waikiki in Hawaii. One night with a prostitute at the Shangri-La Hotel in Makati, Philippines. One night at a Tokyo hotel. Four nights at a Manila hotel along with a prostitute. Four nights at a Hong Kong hotel along with a prostitute. Free vacations for him and his extended family in Cambodia, Malaysia, and Singapore. The services of prostitutes in Manila and Japan. Tickets to a Lady Gaga concert in Thailand. <laughs> Tickets to the Lion King musical in Japan. A designer handbag for his wife. Cash and other gifts worth up to $140,000. Travel expenses including hotel stays in Singapore, Tokyo, and Manila prostitutes it just it's just the word prostitutes <laughs> round trip airfare from japan to the united states three thousand dollars in cash night with a prostitute at a karaoke club in malaysia <laughs> three nights at the grand hyatt hotel in singapore three nights at the grand hyatt in hong kong two nights at the empire hotel in hong kong nine days lodging in tonga Monthly $1,000 cash allowance. Electronic gadgets, including a cell phone, iPad, digital camera, and Wii and PSP video gaming consoles. Man, this one goes back. Hotel rooms for him and his Navy friends in Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, South Korea, Singapore, and Hong Kong. Cash. Laptop computer. Travel expenses, including airfare to Bangkok and two nights there in a hotel. A prostitute from the Philippines. Three-week, five-country vacation in Southeast Asia. 
So that's some of the bribes that Navy personnel have been convicted of taking. A lot of a lot of prostitute, a lot of pussy. Living large. Leonard Francis grew up in a prosperous family in Penang, Malaysia, enriched by the maritime logistics firm his maternal grandfather had started in 1946 along the Strait of Malacca, one of the world's busiest shipping lanes. Although Francis came from wealth and was tutored in private schools, he bore scars from a dysfunctional childhood. His mother had split from his philandering father. She took her daughter and another son with her, leaving Leonard behind, quote, with the bizarre task of keeping an eye on his father to ensure that he did not bring other women home. According to a summary of Malaysian court records published in a national law journal, in 1986, a 21-year-old Francis got into serious legal trouble. He opened a pub that was frequented by undesirable characters in Penang and was arrested after police found two Smith & Wesson revolvers, 14 rounds of ammunition, and a bulletproof vest in his bedroom, according to the court records. He pleaded guilty. Under Malaysia's strict gun laws, he was supposed to receive a mandatory whipping and a prison sentence. The trial judge imposed a $5,800 fine, but spared him the whipping and incarceration, citing a psychiatrist's testimony that he was obese, emotionally fragile, and suffering from a blood disorder. His estranged parents jointly paid the fine. Apparently, angry at the light sentence, however, police rearrested Francis as he was leaving the courthouse and charged him with committing a string of robberies, a Malaysian newspaper reported at the time. The robbery charges were dropped, but after an appeal by prosecutors, a court stiffened Francis's sentence for the gun crimes, ordering him to spend 18 months behind bars and submit to six strokes of the lash. Man, Malaysia sounds awesome. <laughs> they still doing the lash over there. After absorbing his punishment, Francis devoted himself to the family business. There was money to be made working for the U.S. military, especially after the Navy was forced to shutter its giant Subic Bay base in the Philippines in 1992 and stepped up port visits elsewhere. Lacking knowledge to navigate the Byzantine world of U.S. defense contracts, Francis hired people who did. Several former Navy officers as well as retired brass from the Malaysian Thai and Philippines navies. Francis soaked up military culture from the veterans on his payroll. He learned Navy lingo and wore neckties emblazoned with the American flag. His cell phone played country singer Lee Greenwood's rendition of God Bless the USA. He moved his headquarters to Singapore and opened branches all over Asia. By the early 2000s, he had secured contracts to service U.S. Navy ships and ports from Vladivostok, Russia, to Papua New Guinea. He also won business from the navies of Britain, France, Mexico, India, and the Netherlands. At its height, Glen Defense and its subsidiaries boasted a fleet of more than 50 vessels. Most were tugs and barges, but the firm also advertised the services of a patrol ship with armed guards. British trained Gurkha soldiers from Nepal to fend off pirates. After he moved to Singapore, Francis projected the image of a wildly successful tycoon. As he rode around the city, bystanders would gawk at his black armored SUV with the puncture-resistant tires. In the weeks leading up to Christmas, hundreds of people would pass by his 70,000-square-foot estate, 
marveling at the spectacular holiday light extravaganza his staff erected each year. A Singapore newspaper estimated that he spent $75,000 on the light show, a regular Clark Griswold, folks, with its life-size reindeer, giant snowman, 35-foot-tall Christmas tree, and a nativity scene. A Roman Catholic, Francis encouraged the publicity, but politely declined to say how much the decorations cost. Quote, you can't put a value on happiness, <laughs> he told the Straight Times of Singapore. Dude, I love Fat Leonard. He, I don't think he's done anything wrong. <laughs> I don't think he's done a damn thing wrong in his life. Top-notch hospitality. In his dealings with the Americans, Francis went to great lengths to ingratiate himself with senior officers, recognizing that they often cared more about high-quality service than how the bill would be paid. Whenever a Navy vessel arrived in port, the odds were high that Francis would be waiting at the pier. Like a five-star concierge, he would arrange for shopping trips, sightseeing tours, and concert tickets. A limousine and driver would be reserved for the ship's commander. Select sailors would be invited to an extravagant banquet featuring cognac and whiskey, Cohiba cigars from Cuba. It's a good cigar, folks. It's not my favorite. Uh, my favorite is the signature, um, and I've, I think it's like a Romeo E. Julieta or some some brand da davidoff dominoff dominoff i don't know there's a cigar lounge in fort worth called silverleaf tobacco that has like their own signature series made for them by i want to say it's like davidoff cigars it's like a 40 dollars cigar it's very good very tasty um robert kelly and i had a nice conversation about the brand and i cannot uh uh remember the name of the brand and i bet robert kelly cannot does not remember uh who i am uh, Cohiba cigars from Cuba and platters of Spanish suckling pig. Oh, there's Robert and Kobe beef. Francis would sometimes fly in a band of pole dancers, which he called his elite Thai SEAL team for X-rated shows, court record show. That's the real scene to uh, SEAL Team 6, uh, six years old, folks. Uh, Thai SEAL Team 6. Um, no, nah, it sounds like they're adults. In another display of panache, he purchased an aging, decommissioned British warship, the RFA Sir Lancelot. He refurbished and renamed it the Glen Braveheart. <laughs> that sounds like if you were to, if you were to ask a child, like, what, what, what do you want? What do you wish your name was? You like, if you could change your last name, what, what would it be? Some kid would just be like. Yeah, uh, my name is Glenn Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. The vessel became the flagship of his fleet, and it would often deploy alongside the USS Blue Ridge, the 7th Fleet's flagship. When in port, Francis would sometimes turn the Braveheart into a giant party boat with prostitutes in the wardroom, war, war, wardroom, to entertain U.S. officers, according to court records and interviews. Even when he didn't offer anything illicit, Francis earned a reputation as a reliable and responsive businessman who was eager to help the Navy in unfamiliar locales. Soon enough, senior officers were dashing off ebullient 
Thank you. This is a, there's some silver dollar words in this article that I do not know. Ebullient thank you notes known as Bravo Zulus, Zulus, a Navy term meaning well done. Many of crew are still talking about the great adventures they experienced. Then Captain John J. Donnelly, then 7th Fleet Chief of Staff, sent a March 10th, 2000 letter. He lauded Francis's warm hospitality, calling it truly remarkable and that it will long be remembered by all of us. Donnelly would become a three-star admiral and commander of all U.S. submarine forces. Now retired, Donnelly said he had no memory of ever meeting Francis and that the letter was a pro forma thank you note generated by his staff. I probably signed hundreds of similar letters during my two years in that job, he added. Now, bullshit, Donnelly. That's some bullshit. Um, uh, quote, Dear Leonard, wrote then Vice Admiral Robert F. Willard, then the 7th Fleet Commander, on June 3rd, 2003, thank you for the top-notch hospitality. Your timely efforts and service will remain unparalleled. Willard would become a four-star admiral and commander of all U.S. military forces in the Pacific. Now retired, he declined to comment. Quote, thank you for the superb services, gushed then-Vice Admiral Jonathan Greenert, the next commander of the 7th Fleet, on March 9, 2006. Over the years, the reputation of Glen Marine remains exceptional. Keep up the great work. I wish you and your staff the very best and continued success. Greenert would become Chief of Naval Operations, the top job in the Navy. He retired last year and declined to comment. Francis treated the Bravo Zulu notes as celebrity endorsements, highlighting them in company brochures. To further advertise his access to the highest levels of command, he published an array of grip and grin photographs featuring him alongside the Navy's top admirals in their white dress in their dress white uniforms. One brochure published in 2008 shows Francis smiling in a collage of photos with Greener and Willard and Admiral Sam Locklear, who later became commander of U.S. forces in the Pacific, and with Admiral Mike Mullen, a chief of naval operations who became chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and with Admiral Gary Roughhead. Oh, okay. Uh, Rougehead? Gary Roughhead. Uh, all right. Another chief of naval operations. All have since retired. Locklear and Roughhead. <laughs> Decline to come, Roughhead. Decline to comment. Sally Donnelly, an advisor to Mullen, issued a statement on his behalf saying that he appeared in thousands of informal photographs a year with people, many of whom he did not know. Admiral Mullen had no and has no personal or professional connection to the individual in this photograph, nor has anyone even suggested that he is in any way party to the activities for which this individual is being investigated, she said. Another retired admiral who spoke on the condition of anonymity because of the ongoing investigations recalled how he once attended an officer's dinner with Francis. He said he complimented the contractor on his fashionable bespoke suit and his blowtorch of a cigar lighter. The next morning, as that, that bl a blowtorch cigar lighter is not necessarily uh, anything to write home about. I mean, you could buy those at any gas station or head shop. Um, I guess if you're a fucking lame, dullard boomer who's never been into a, you know, you know a bong store before, you, you might not have seen one. 
the next morning, as the Admiral's ship was preparing to leave port, Francis arrived at the pier bearing gifts. A $700 cigar lighter, like the one he showed off the night before. Okay, well that... Okay, I can, I can see how that would really wow somebody. A $700 cigar. I just was imagining, you know, one of them cheap ones. Um you know that you get for like dabs uh but no this is this is the real deal two pewter platters worth about five hundred dollars a piece a pack of 25 cuban cohiba cigars and a business card for his bespoke tailor the admiral said he declined the presence there's no question in my mind that he tried to influence me he said it's like fishing he's got the hook if he got an inch he'd go for a foot if he'd get a foot he'd go for a yard it's a game of inches folks bribery uh just like football glenn defense also would dispense its largesse under the guise of charity the firm became a leading sponsor of the navy league of the united states a civilian nonprofit group that advocates on behalf of the navy at one military ball organized by the league's singapore chapter glenn defense donated the top door prize a pair of his and hers gold rolex watches valued at $30,000, according to two individuals who were present. <clears throat> Everyone knew. Francis didn't hesitate to exploit his connections, especially when lower-ranking officers challenged his exorbitant bills, according to several current and former Navy officers in court documents. David Schaus, a junior officer assigned to the Navy's Ship Support Office in Hong Kong, became livid after receiving a huge invoice from Glenn Defense in 2004. Schaus said it charged the Navy for pumping $100,000 gallons... One, <clears throat> sorry. Schaus said it charged the Navy for pumping 100,000 gallons of sewage from a destroyer that spent four days in port. An impossible amount because the ship's tanks held just 12,000 gallons and were serviced only once a day. Schaus told the Post that he summoned Francis for an explanation. Quote, he became furious, accusing me of calling him a liar. And I told him, I am calling you a liar. <laughs> he said, lieutenants, don't tell me what to do. Do you know who I am? He was being profane and banging on the table. Damn, dude, that's, that's just throwing your dick on the table. Like, I am calling you a liar. Afterwards, Schaus said he was told by other Navy officials to back off, something that he said invariably happened when he raised questions about Glenn Defense. The company, quote, was rotten from the first day I worked with them in 2004, and everyone knew they were rotten, Schaus said. Everyone knew what was going on, and it was just accepted as the way it was. If you tried to rock the boat, you got squashed. Seems like a kind of mix of metaphors there. I feel like, you know, if you tried to rock the boat, you would fall out of the boat. Uh, I don't know how, you know, where the getting squashed comes into it. You know, I guess it would, you know, if you try to steal the, the giant's golden goose, you might get squashed by a giant's foot. Um, If that's to be a metaphor. But if you, I think if you try to rock the boat, you just kind of, you would just fall out of the boat. So you kind of, a you know, clat, uh, you know. It just didn't it doesn't make sense what he said later that year on christmas eve the aircraft carrier uss abraham lincoln and three other warships arrived in hong kong 
Francis threw a Christmas party for the visiting officers at the island Shangri-La, a five-star hotel. They were treated to filet mignon, lobster, and Don Perignon champagne, and they mingled with female escorts dressed as Santa's little helpers. Oh, the dog from The Simpsons, according to Shouse and a second officer who was present in port. A handful of senior officers were invited to an after-party with the escorts, whom Francis had dubbed the Santa Ninas, or Santa's girls, according to a third individual who was present. The next day, Francis boarded one of the warships and delivered a $600,000 sewage bill, according to the second officer, who spoke on the condition of anonymity because he remains on active duty and wasn't authorized to speak to a reporter. Quote, he came into my office with a big grin wanting to be paid, the officer said. The officer protested and brought up the lavish party from the night before. Quote, I came right out and told Francis that we were paying for it with this bill. The officer said he lost the argument and Francis got what he wanted. Endemic corruption. 18 months later, the cycle repeated itself when another aircraft carrier visited Hong Kong. Rear Admiral Michael H. Miller, commander of the USS Ronald Reagan Carrier Strike Group, knew Francis well. In early 2006, he emailed the contractor to say he'd be coming to Asia soon, that he looked forward to renewing their friendship and could use some shopping advice according to Navy documents obtained under the Freedom of Information Act. The Reagan and three other ships in the strike group docked in Hong Kong on June 10th. The next day, at Miller's request, Francis arranged a splendid banquet for officers at the island Shangri-La, this time at Petrus, 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 a swanky French restaurant with views of Victoria Harbor. Miller and his officers were accustomed to eating well with Francis. One week earlier, when the strike group had visited Malaysia, Francis took them to the Chalet Suisse restaurant in Kuala Lumpur. For that, in Singapore, he arranged for dinner at John, ranked as one of Asia's 50 best restaurants. To comply with ethics rules, Miller and two other senior officers wrote personal checks to reimburse Francis. They estimated the fair market value at between $50 and $70 per meal. In fact, the dinners actually cost more than 10 times that much, about $750 per person, according to the findings of a Navy disciplinary investigation that was completed last year. After the mills, Miller and other officers showered Francis with Bravo Zulu messages. Quote, words cannot adequately express my appreciation for the services you have provided in all our ports of call, Miller wrote to Francis two days after he left Hong Kong. You are as much a member of the U.S. Navy team as any of us, and we are all proud to call you shipmate. The Navy investigation found Miller's note amounted to an official endorsement of Glenn Defense, a violation of ethics rules. He was formally censured by the Navy last year and retired soon after. He declined to comment. Other officers colluded with Francis, quote, to conceal the true nature of the Hong Kong officer's banquet from the Navy ship support office, which was still tangling with Francis over his invoices, the investigation found. Shouse, the ship support officer, said he suspected at the time that Glenn Defense was overcharging the Navy for the Reagan's visit. He alerted NCIS and asked for a criminal inquiry. An NCIS agent assigned to the Reagan interviewed him, he said. But the case went nowhere and only provoked a backlash. Quote, everybody on the ship hated me, Shouse said. Navy officials declined to comment. He resigned his Navy commission a few months later. He said he left for many reasons, but that 
Quote, the endemic corruption I observed during my short tenure of working within the supply world was certainly a major factor. On Francis's payroll. Around the same time, Francis planted a couple of moles in the Navy's regional contracting office in Singapore. Starting in 2006, Sharon Gershar and Carr, Corr, a Singapore national who works for the Navy, leaked confidential contract information to Francis for about $100,000 in cash and luxury vacations in Bali and Dubai, according to the Singapore Corrupt Practices Investigation Bureau. Kaur has been charged with corruption and money laundering offenses in Singapore. Her case is pending. Her attorney did not respond to emails seeking comment. Also in 2006, Francis began a relationship with Paul Simpkins, an American civilian who worked in Singapore as a Navy contract supervisor. How are you going to have a relationship with a man? Over the course of several surreptitious meetings in a Singapore hotel bar, Francis offered Simpkins $50,000 to rig the biddings for Navy contracts in Thailand and the Philippines, according to a federal indictment of Simpkins. Prosecutors allege Simpkins demanded more and ultimately received $450,000 in cash and payments wired to foreign bank accounts controlled by his wife. In addition to allegedly rigging the Navy contracts for Francis, Simpkins served as a secret fixer in other matters for Glenn Defense, according to the indictment. For example, when a Navy official in Singapore flagged questionable bills from the company related to a port visit by the USS Decatur, a guided missile destroyer, Simpkins nipped the inquiry in the bud, prosecutors say. Quote, do not request any invoices from this ship, Simpkins ordered his colleague in an email according to court records. Quote, do not violate this instruction. Contact the ship and rescind your request. Prosecutors also allege that in 2007, Simpkins ordered the Navy's Hong Kong office to stop using flow meters to measure the amount of sewage that Glen Defense pumped from ships, making it easier for the firm to gouge the Navy for, for the service. Simpkins left the Singapore office that year to become a senior contracting executive for the Justice Department and later for the Defense Department. Prosecutors have accused him of maintaining a relationship with Francis while he worked in Washington. During a return trip to Singapore for vacation, Simpkins asked Francis to arrange for some prostitutes. Court records show. Quote, can you set up some clean, disease-free women when I am there, Simpkins emailed. A few days later, he added, what's the plan to meet up and maybe do some honeys? <laughs> it's like he just learned how black people talk. <laughs> Yo, my man, when are we going to do some honeys? Quote, honeys and bunnies, Francis replied, confirming the date. Simpkins has pleaded not guilty and is awaiting trial. His attorney did not respond to requests for comment. A snake charmer. Francis's most audacious achievement was his penetration of the 7th Fleet headquarters in Japan. Four officers and an enlisted sailor who worked there have pleaded guilty to taking bribes. In each case, court records show Francis or his executives carefully groom their targets, befriending them while searching for weak points, money or marital problems, alcohol, loneliness, lust, low self-esteem. Now see, <clears throat> this is the same sort of a targeting system as a murderer, uh, but it's, you know, for just for money and pussy. 
You know what I mean? I can see the similarities here, but the the way that they're hit, you know, finding their marks is similar to how a murderer would would seek out one of their victims. Uh, so this is kind of where they run perpendicular uh, to each other in that you know in that way. But this is not to end anyone's life. It's just to make tons of money and get tons of pussy. Lieutenant Commander Todd Malacky, a logistics planner for the 7th Fleet, said he was introduced by his commander to Francis in 2004 at one of the contractor's famous parties. Quote, he was charming, personable, and incredibly influential, Malacky recalled in a confessional letter to a federal judge. As we drank together, he convinced me into believing that we were friends, and he was a mentor. I'm ashamed to admit that I wanted to believe we were equals, gay. Before long, Malacky was handing over classified ship schedules and proprietary information about Glenn Defense's competitors. In turn, Francis gave him about $3,000 in cash, paid for him to stay in hotels around Asia, and provided him with a prostitute after a night at a Malaysian karaoke club. Quote, there is no excuse for what I did, but I fell under the charm of Mr. Francis, Malacky wrote. I suspect that he sensed the weakness of my character. He was like a snake charmer, preying on my flaws and manipulating me to serve or advance his... Oh, shut up, you faggot. Serve or advance his entry. You wanted to do this. This is like victim fucking mentality. I have no, I have no respect for this Artie Bucco-ass bitch-made fucking motherfucker. Fuck this dude. Malaki was sentenced in January to a 40-month prison. To, yeah, what did all that cocksucking just now get you? What did that bitch made bull? You still got 40 months in prison, you fucking idiot. In 2010, Glenn Defense executives hooked Dan Leug, a petty officer who worked in logistics for 7th Fleet, initially by bribing him with a free cell phone court record show. Over the next three years, as Leug leaked competitors' secrets and classified ship schedules to the firm, it rewarded him with more electronic gadgets, including video game consoles, cameras, and tablet computers. The company also provided free hotel rooms and ports across Asia to him and his friends. Eventually, Leug worked his way up to an allowance of $1,000 a month. According to prosecutors, he'd drive to the Glenn Defense offices in Japan, roll down his window in the parking lot, and exchange classified material for a cash-filled envelope. Quote, I let my ego and my greed take over me and ended up betraying my country, Leg said at a January court hearing in San Diego. He was sentenced to 27 months in prison. Okay, well, $1,000 a month is it's not a lot of money. <laughs> this guy's just a moron. Uh, that's like that's like what a child would think is a lot of money. Captain Daniel Dusick, who served as deputy director of operations for the Seventh Fleet, said in court papers that a mentor introduced Francis to him in 2010 as quote a great friend of the Navy. At the time, Dusick said he was feeling vulnerable because he was overworked, prone to heavy drinking, and depressed by the torturous ending of my second marriage. Within months, Glenn Defense began supplying him with prostitutes, alcohol, and stays at luxury hotels. In turn, Dusick handed over classified ship schedules and steered aircraft carriers to, quote, fat revenue ports controlled by Glenn Defense. He became such a valuable agent that Francis labeled him, quote, a golden asset. In a court memo, Dusick confessed to his crimes but suggested that the corruption was widespread. He blamed an, quote, endemic culture within the Navy in Asia in charge that Francis was able to leverage his way to the top in plain view of generations of senior naval officers and admirals. 
Dusik was sentenced in March to 46 months in prison. He declined to comment for this article. The sex factor. Perhaps the most effective bribe Francis offered was sex. He was choosy about his prostitutes and worked with trusted escort agencies in several countries. He kept meticulous notes about the physical desires of Navy officials, such as who liked Thai girls or group sex. Sometimes he would debrief the hookers. At, oh, this was definitely written in 2016. <laughs> They're using the word hookers. Sometimes he would debrief the hookers afterward, looking for scraps of information he could exploit, according to court records and an individual familiar with his methods. Once he personally videotaped a Navy officer having sex with twin Vietnamese prostitutes in a hotel room in Singapore, according to two people familiar with the incident. In another case, Francis went to unusual lengths to cater to Commander Jose L. Sanchez, a married logistics officer at 7th Fleet Headquarters who became one of his most valuable moles starting in 2009. According to an affidavit filed by federal agents, Francis once asked an Indonesian, an Indonesian madam to send four prostitutes to Singapore to spend four days with Sanchez and three other naval officers. Although that port visit was canceled at the last minute, on other occasions, Francis hired prostitutes to spend time with Sanchez and friends in his, quote, wolf pack in Singapore and Kuala Lumpur, his second affidavit shows. Now, that's the thing about these guys is they tend to have a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, pedestrian sense of humor. And I wonder if, what did it, it said 2009, I, yeah, I wonder if they saw themselves as the guys from The Hangover <laughs> when they were calling themselves the Wolf Pack. These are definitely, at their core, still just like guys in their like late 40s and early 50s who never really developed um, personality, like like real senses of humor or like creative abilities, like like artistic talents where they would have their own jokes. And so every, you know, their whole sense of humor, their whole, like, the way they communicate with each other is, you know, in movie quotes and referencing movies, which is how dudes talk. I mean, to be honest, in, in that at that time, 2008, 2009, I think a lot of us were just quoting The Hangover and Step Brothers at each other. Uh, so, but these are guys definitely high-ranking Navy officials and a defense contractor who just saw the hangover and now they're like oh yeah i guess we're also we're also we're also the wolf pack another time francis messaged a prostitute with a last minute request to see sanchez in the philippines quote hey love jose is in manila at the diamond hotel go and see him he needs some love asap poppy i'm here the prostitute replied jose's phone is not answering I'm here having drinks at the lobby. Call him, frowny face. Maybe he, maybe he's sleeping. Later, she emailed Francis with an update. I'm with him already. He, he, he. Sanchez has pleaded guilty to accepting as much as $120,000 in cash, travel, and sex with prostitutes. Prosecutors say he regularly leaked classified ship and submarine schedules to Francis and tipped him off whenever Glenn Defense came under suspicion for defrauding the Navy. He's awaiting sentencing. His attorney, Vincent Ward, declined to comment. In 2010, Glenn Defense executives began targeting Commander Michael Meisewicz, another married officer who was moving the 7th Fleet headquarters. Edmund Arufo, Aruf, 
quote, a retired Navy officer who headed Glenn Defense Operations in Japan took Mizuwiks out to dinner. Then he paid for the commander and his family to attend a production of The Lion King in Tokyo, Nazakwenya, Namibibaba. We got to get him hooked on something, Francis told Rufo in an email entered into court records. Within weeks, Rufo discovered that Mezowicz had a fondness for Japanese prostitutes. Ah, a weeb! Liked fancy hotels and needed to pay for international travel for his extended family. The contractor obliged repeatedly on all counts, and soon Mizelwicks was funneling classified material to the company. We got him, smiley face. Rufo emailed Francis. You bet the godfather, uh, Fat Leonard replied. Uh, all hail, cheered Arufo, who has since pleaded guilty to bribery and is awaiting sentencing. His attorneys did not respond to requests for comment. Mizzlewicks and Francis emailed, phoned, and texted each other thousands of times, according to prosecutors. In a court filing, they said the officer became Francis's trained bulldog in 7th Fleet headquarters and fed him highly sensitive military secrets, including information about ballistic missile defense operations in the Pacific. In a letter to the judge in his case, Mizzlewicks blamed his behavior on marital troubles and personal insecurities. He said Francis mentored him and acted like a big brother. Quote, he made me feel special, Mizzlewicks wrote. I needed that given the personal isolation I was experiencing in my marriage, gay. Mizzlewicks was sentenced in April to six and a half years in prison. Man, these are some bitch-made dudes. Like, <laughs> dude, this guy is just cleaning up because he's he's just surrounded by the most spineless fucking, just zero-principled fucking idiots. I mean, Fat Leonard really is just like the, the Tony Soprano. Like, he just understands how to manipulate people, and he's just surrounded by just weak, weak pussies. I would probably fall under his spell, I would imagine. Uh, but damn, that sucks. Six and a half years in prison for Mizzlewicks. I guess that's what you get when you, um, you know, give military secrets to just a fat guy. Um, let's see. Okay. Francis the Untouchable. In 2010, Glenn Defense's fraudulent tactics finally began to draw serious attention from the Navy. NCIS opened two se separate criminal investigations into the company for its billing practices in Thailand and Japan, but Francis had another ace in the hole, a turncoat law enforcement agent. John Beliveau II, an NCIS, based, an NCIS agent based in Singapore and later at Quantico, Virginia, had known Francis for at least two years. In exchange for prostitutes, cash, and other favors, he tapped into an NCIS database. How good are these prostitutes? These women must suck a fucking good dick if these people are willing to do like, like do this to like do these things for this guy. These these ladies must just be sucking the souls out of their nuts. He tapped into an NCIS database as the cases unfolded and fed Francis raw material from investigators' notes and interviews. According to prosecutors, the information enabled Francis to cover his tracks and intimidate witnesses. His NCIS spy proved so reliable and so valuable that Francis became giddy. Quote, I have inside intel from NCIS and read all the report and read all the reports, Francis boasted in a 2011 email to another one of his moles. 
I will show you a copy of classified command file of a classified command file on me from NCIS. Ha ha. Francis's intelligence machine worked so well that Navy personnel in Singapore suspected their offices had been bugged. Some even thought they were under surveillance by private detectives. There were other reasons for Francis to feel untouchable. Despite the ongoing NCIS investigations, in June 2011, the Navy awarded Glenn Defense three major contracts worth up to $200 million to service ships in Southeast Asia, East Asia, Australia, and the Pacific Isles. Top Navy brass seemed as pleased as ever with Francis. They extended invitations for him to attend military change of command ceremonies alongside Navy VIPs, diplomats, and relatives and close friends of the commanders. In September 2011, he boarded the USS Blue Ridge, the 7th Fleet flagship, to watch Vice Admiral Scott, Squ Scott Swift take charge from Vice Admiral Scott Van Bus Buskirk according to documents obtained by the Post under the Freedom of Information Act. Six months later, he traveled to Hawaii for another ceremony in which Admiral Locklear took command of all U.S. military forces in the Pacific from Admiral Willard, the documents show. A seat was reserved for Francis near the front. Even when his luck turned bad, Francis always seemed to navigate back out of trouble, my man. See, that's, that's any good con man, any good fraudster, can always you, you just pivot when their back's against the wall. Let's go, dude. In October 2012, Philippine authorities caught one of his ships, the Glen Guardian, illegally dumping about 200,000 liters of wastewater near Subic Bay. Subic, these nuts. The wastewater had been collected from the USS Emory S. Land, a submarine tender during a port visit. An investigation by the Philippine Senate found that Glenn Defense had been dumping millions of liters of wastewater from U.S. Navy ships for years without proper permits. Company executives argued that as a U.S. defense contractor, the firm was protected from liability under terms of a U.S.-Philippines defense treaty. Despite a public outcry, the company was not penalized or fined in the end. The trap is sprung. In the end, Francis's overconfidence led to his downfall. I mean, doesn't in every time in that the case? Isn't that that's how the movie always ends? Navy officials eventually realized that Francis had infiltrated in CIS. Cybersecurity teams discovered that Bellavo had been downloading hundreds of files about Francis from the law enforcement database, even though the NCIS agent wasn't assigned to the case. In July 2013, they planted false information in the database, stating that all investigations against Clint Defense had been closed and no charges would be filed. Two months later, thinking he was in the clear, Francis flew to San Diego to attend another change of command ceremony and to drum up business from the Navy's Global Logistics Support Command. Instead, he fell into the Navy's trap. After giving a PowerPoint briefing to two admirals about ways that he said Glenn Defense could save the Navy money, he returned to ho his hotel and was arrested. Beliveau was arrested the same day in Washington. He has pleaded guilty to bribery charges and is awaiting sentencing. Beliveau's attorney, Jessica Carmichael of Alexandria, said he, quote, fell under Francis's spell and, quote, will forever regret his conduct. The range and number of high-level officials involved shows the influential and manipulative nature of Leonard Francis, she added. He was clearly a dynamic personality who could con so many senior officials into his far-reaching scheme. 
he's grift maxing he's grooming he's fraud pilled he, he's a fraud pilled grift maxer uh francis has been locked up in san diego since his 2013 arrest he's awaiting sentencing and faces a maximum of 20 years in prison when he pleaded guilty last year court papers showed he promised to cooperate in a bid for leniency Authorities have identified only a few of the 30 admirals under investigation. The Navy announced in November 2013 that two admirals in charge of the service's secrets, Vice Admiral Ted Twig Branch. Um, that's like that's like an alternate universe rip torn Twig Branch, the director of naval intelligence and a deputy Rear Admiral Bruce Loveless were under criminal investigation by the Justice Department. Since then, the two officers have been mired in limbo, neither charged nor cleared. Navy and justice officials have disclosed no other details. Branch and Lovelace declined to comment. In a previously undisclosed case, NCIS agents are also investigating Rear Admiral Robert Gilbo, a supply and logistics officer, according to a senior Navy official and two people who have been questioned. Gilbo came to know Francis during several deployments to Asia and is also under scrutiny for his relationships with contractors when he served in Afghanistan in 2012 and 2013, according to the people questioned in the case. Reached by phone, Gilbo confirmed he was under investigation but declined to comment further. The open-ended nature of the investigation with so many officers under scrutiny has hampered the, Navy, the Navy's ability to fill command jobs and move forward with promotions. It has also led to grumbling that many officers have been forced to work under a cloud of suspicion for years without facing charges, unable to clear their names. Quote, I'm not the guy to sweep this under the rug. In my view, there was a problem, said Peter H. Daly, a retired vice admiral who serves as chief executive of the U.S. Naval Institute, a nonprofit military association in Annapolis. But to let this thing drag out is wrong. It's just bad, bad, bad. It shouldn't be this way. It's not fair. Prosecutors have said, man, everybody in this story sounds like a faggot except for Fat Leonard. Prosecutors have said it has taken so long to get to the bottom of the scandal because there is a mountain of evidence to mine. Investigators said they have amassed 18 terabytes of data. That's a, that's almost like a, you know, a smaller hard drive that you would find, you know, when you when you read about like a uh, like a priest, you know, like a, a small hard drive belonging to a, a local priest. Investigators said they have amassed 18 terabytes of data from more than 100 email and Facebook accounts, as well as dozens of computer hard drives, tablets, and smartphones. Nine federal agents were assigned just to organize and upload the materials. The evidence remains under a protective order to prevent it from being made public, but occasionally new details emerge that illustrate the scope of Francis's penetration of the Navy. <clears throat> oh, man. Oh, I'm parched. <clears throat> Last month, for instance, lawyers for Mizzywicks, Narnia-ass name, Mizzywicks, one of the officers who was pleaded guilty, filed a court document stating that Francis had gone so far as to bribe Navy public affairs specialists to advise and train him on the Navy's strategic talking points. The document gave no other details, but a person close to the investigation said the public affairs officers worked for the Hawaii-based U.S. Pacific Fleet 
and that Francis bribed him with a combination of cash, dinners, and prostitutes. Hey, if there's one thing that we can take away from this article, this man loves prostitutes. And I think he is one of the greatest uh, people to have ever lived, based on what I just read. Uh, I gotta digest that. I gotta. I gotta do some more research on that. Uh, cause that's. <laughs> this is a. This is a fun one. This is a fun scheme. This is a fun uh con job. A good fraud, and uh, it's 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 in the spirit of you know this network, the 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 billionaire podcast network. Ching bing 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 bing. Did did he fill her up? A subsidiary of Cornfed Industries. Um. Yeah. That that that's the. Uh, the beginning of the the ballad of fat leonard uh, i had a lot of fun uh diving into that one i hope you did too audience we're, we're gonna you know from time to time we'll check in on this saga as i as it develops in my mind as i read more about it and catch up on it but i thought that would be a good introduction you know do a little introduction for on this one just go through the article so everybody can become acquainted myself and all of you with fat leonard and I, I cannot wait to do something with this because this is a fun one. And it's this this sounds like it'll probably be a movie at some point. It's to to build to like bilk the Navy for on paper at least $35 million. It's got it's gotta be way, way more than that. But to just like fuck over the Navy for like that amount of money and the the amount of like high-ranking officials that are involved in this the, the way that this guy just got his tendrils into everyone this is this is infinitely like this this is what this is why you like dumb just dumbass like white women are into murders because it's just it's for retards because it's like oh what's going on you know what, what what's up with this murder how's he you know it's just it's just a it's just a guy who likes to kill and it's very primitive and rudimentary you know his methodology this is infinitely more fascinating because as manipulative as like your average murderer can be like ted bundy was good at getting pussy like he was good at getting women to get in his car with him so he could take him back and fuck him and rape him or or you know fuck him and kill him or kill him then fuck him like whatever he was doing this is this is this is so much more of a like fascinating character study because this guy He's not interested in killing anybody. He's more interested in like money, cigars, liquor, and pussy. Is seems to be what he really just wants out of this. So I mean, all things considered, it's kind of a victimless crime. But <clears throat> you know, he's so charming, so like, just has that. He's got the riz. I mean, Fat Leonard is oozing with riz. He probably has more riz than anyone's ever had. Riz off the charts with this guy. Like that, he was able to manipulate like rear admiral like admirals and vice admirals and whatever dumbass like boat names these people have uh into doing his bidding and he's not he's not even in the military like he's a civilian who just owns like a defense contracting company so the like the, to get i'm more interested in the mind of somebody like this um because that's like true that that's magic to me. Like what to be able to do what he's doing um is like sorcery. And I, I love it. So this this is my zone right here. 
this is absolutely like this the spirit of who i am and who i want to be is fat leonard and, and so i i can't wait to to read up on this some more uh as 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 I conduct my own, you know, similar operations as the uh, founder and e- executive of uh, the Billionaire Podcast Network, ching bing 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 bing, did you follow up? Uh, anyway, this this was uh, Lost in the Maze eighteen, the solo show, only on the Billionaire Podcast Network, ching bing 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 bing, did you follow up? Uh, thank you, folks. Sorry that these have been kind of irregular lately. I'm gonna take my uh, my Metamucil and make it make them regular again. Uh, but thank you. I love you. Stop.